0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast, a show that tells personal stories and digital journeys of diverse people. My name is Adya, and I am your host. Hello to the DD Podcast listeners. On today's episode, we have Lily Sheng on the show and we are going to be unpacking a lot of thoughts on the millennial workforce career diversity, and the future of work from the perspective of a millennial. Lily Sheng is a data and technology professional with experience in the public sector, financial services, and consulting industries. She specializes in the delivery of large-scale transformation projects related to data and systems change, And in addition to her day job, she is also an aspiring writer and chef. Lily is based in Toronto, Canada. Lily, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's deep dive into the episode. So tell us a bit more about yourself, whatever you're happy to share.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Adia, for having me on your podcast I feel very honored to be amongst your very interesting guests that you've had on the show. Maybe I'll just mention that unlike some of your previous guests, I don't claim to be an expert on the topic today or speak for anyone but myself, but I'm happy to share some personal thoughts and experiences from the last few months that hopefully may resonate with some of our listeners today.
0: That's absolutely great. So. I have been following your journey for a bit, and I know that you switched career roles in the midst of the pandemic. How did you go about quitting a job which you liked? And if you would be open to share some thoughts which you were having while you were going through this process.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I did resign from a previous role earlier this year. I had been with that firm just shy of five years. And believe it or not, in that line of business, this made me one of the longer tenured employees in the company. I was quite well connected at the firm. I had good working relationships with a lot of people in different groups. I had technical expertise on some very specialized areas that allowed me to work on very large global projects while I was there. So all that to say that I did not make this decision lightly to resign. And when I did announce my resignation, it took a lot of people around me by surprise. And so I put a lot of my self-identity and self-worth into this role. So the separation naturally was very difficult and quite emotional for me. I surprised myself quite a bit. By crying several times in the weeks leading up to my departure. But ultimately, even though my career is exceptionally important to me, I knew that I had to take a step back to reevaluate my relationship with work, to reestablish my identity outside of work, and to redistribute time. And maybe more importantly for me, it's about the mental energy as well to redistribute that mental energy to other parts of my life.
0: You provided a good insight in terms of how the pandemic also has changed a bit our thinking and our mindset. And when I reflect back on how the pandemic was for me, I can resonate with some of the stuff that you've said in terms of also taking some time to reflect on the kind of life and the components of life which I had in terms of your career, your personal life, the city where you're living, your environment, um, your relationships with your family, your friends, with your colleagues. And I also got a bit more open in terms of accepting different experiences, but also understanding and creating more empathy and greater work-life balance for some people. Why... Mental health is super important and as important as the physical health and so on. And when it comes to the topic of diversity, for me, diversity is the representation of all the differences that define us to be unique individuals and whether that's not just looking at the experiences, but also mindset, ways of doing things, ways of experiencing certain conditions and environments which we belong to and the perspectives on looking at at work, for example. And from your perspective, how do you interpret diversity in that sense?
1: Diversity for me is a word that has many dimensions to it. So as you mentioned earlier, there's lots of ways that we can slice and dice a group of people based on gender, age, ethnicity, how you're shaped by your life experiences, like your skill set, education, your socioeconomic status, even within an organization, the role that you play there in terms of levels of seniority, your functional area, et cetera, et cetera. I think these are all different dimensions of diversity. And what I will add to that is I've given a lot more thought recently to the diversity that we can have within ourselves as well. So we can have different things internally that may pull us in different directions. So the example that I'll give here is maybe as a, as a Chinese-Canadian woman myself, I feel very much represented by both the Chinese and the Canadian aspects of myself. And I think that a lot of ethnic minorities and children of immigrant families in Canada, and I'll just say Canada because we're, a, we're such a multicultural society here, We've had to learn this about ourselves and learn to reconcile different parts of ourselves. So separately, I have life goals outside of my current career, as you mentioned earlier, as an aspiring writer and chef. And just as we look for diversity in the workplace, represented by different types of people, we have to be mindful and be inclusive to ourselves to allow for expression of different diverse aspects of ourselves. And I think that we are shaped as humans by a combination of what we are innately born with and the life experiences that we live through. And I think this is what makes each of us such interesting, complex, messy, unique individuals. And I think all of that is a part of diversity that I'm really trying to make sense of more recently as well
0: that's a very interesting perspective on diversity and a lot has also changed during the pandemic and you also already mentioned your journey during this pandemic changing roles and evaluating what was important to you in the context of career How was the journey like making the whole career change virtually and also starting a new role virtually? Yeah,
1: the virtual aspect is definitely something that is new and different for a lot of us. And I was a people manager as well. So I did onboard many new employees in my previous role. So I had some idea of what that experience would be like from the feedback that I heard from my team. I think there's a lot of benefit to working from home and to remote work. But for anyone starting a new role like myself, we have to be far more deliberate and intentional about building connections with others. So when I was doing research, when I was thinking about what I wanted for myself and what's next, that's reaching out to people in my network and reaching out to people that my network then recommended I speak to. And then after I started my new role, I had to be a lot more deliberate about reaching out to people, scheduling time to meet new people, and organizing and participating in activities within the workplace so I can start to build a new community and learn new things without that spontaneous meeting and colliding of people in the physical workplace that we used to have.
0: So the theme of the podcast is digitalization and diversity. And we talked a bit about the diversity aspect and and difference in understanding in terms of what diversity and the uniqueness of diversity for, for different people. And I want to ask you if digitalization played a role in this journey of yours and what was the impact of digitalization for you so far?
1: Digitalization has really reduced the barrier of entry for information sharing. So in the past, we're very influenced by what we see on television. I'm also a very avid book reader and newspaper reader. So print media was a big influence on, on how we receive information. But because of the influence of digitalization, I benefited a lot from reading about experiences of much more diverse people. And connecting with people who are not only physically close to me or someone famous and they made it into traditional media. So this made me see many different viewpoints and made me realize that there were a lot more diverse paths to happiness and success that I might not have been able to realize before digitalization made things more accessible to me.
0: And how is it at the workforce for you as a millennial today? Do you identify actually as a millennial? And what challenges do you face as a millennial?
1: I absolutely identify as a millennial. I think by definition, I'm pretty much right in the middle of uh, the millennial year. (laughs) So I will make some comments, I think, around the millennial experience, although other generations may be able to relate to some of these things as well. So I think millennials, Definitely look for connection in the workplace, especially because we want to feel like we are working with friends on a shared purpose. And that is what is able to drive a lot of meaning and value for us. It's not so much about making money for the corporation, but it's about solving a complex problem With our peers, with really smart people. And that is really inspiring and I think motivating for a lot of millennials. And the comment around the challenges for millennials, I think the major one for us is the rising cost of living and the rising cost of housing and rent, especially in the big cities where millennials, a lot of millennial professionals in particular, tend to go to start their careers. So I was speaking to a friend. A millennial friend recently, and he was saying that our lives as millennials is impacted very heavily by what our companies and what our employers decide with regards to back to work. So if we are mandated back to work on a partial or a full-time basis, then we will be forced to stay in the downtown core of our big cities where it's a lot less affordable to live. Whereas the remote work trend that we're seeing could benefit millennials who are now able to look to live more outside of the big cities. And that becomes more affordable for us as a whole. But I think there's a lot of decisions that companies make now, which will really severely impact our our quality of life and how we decide to live in the future and it's not an easy decision for for anyone to make and i think there are some very big challenges that employers will need to to decide for millennials.
0: and there's so many different aspects to look at when it comes to the future of work and in my view the future of work is really now it's constantly evolving and it's supported and even triggered by digitalization. Recently, I had a coffee with a friend who works in a different industry than me. And we were talking about the future of work and the role of digitalization in making certain tasks just more efficient and less time-taking. And of course, the digital natives and the tech-savvy population have the most to benefit from this. But should these people be penalized for being more efficient by giving them even more workload? Should they be taking on more work than their peers if they actually have the ability to leverage technology to their advantage? It's an interesting question and challenge to face with many conflicting opinions and different schools of thought. And my personal view is that in the future of work, an equitable environment needs to be created where... People are adequately measured on performance and results and not on the process they follow, and also not on the city where they live, where, whether they live in the downtown area, whether they live in a remote area. Less focus on visibility and process, but more on results, outcome, and deliverables, and having then clear structured processes and policies in place which kind of facilitate that. And organizations then do have the responsibility as a supporter to provide access to these tools and digital applications and platforms to make sure that it can be made as fair and as equitable as possible to really make sure that all kinds of diverse perspectives, diverse ways of working diverse preferences in terms of working are taken into account for and certain groups of people are not penalized for i don't know working remotely not having as much face time as possible compared to the peers but rather recognizing the benefits and having a more output oriented result oriented deliverable oriented way of working and in that context What is important for you particularly when it comes to the future of work?
1: Yeah, lots of good thoughts there, Adia. I think flexibility is absolutely key. The one-size-fits-all approach won't work in the future because I don't even know what I want personally and what I think I need changes from week to week and year to year as well. As much as I value remote work, I also need to have some face-to-face connection with others once in a while. So I think employers should trust their people to make the best decisions for themselves that will allow them to be the most effective in the workplace and deliver the best outcomes and be results-oriented, as you mentioned.
0: The pandemic has changed the way the new generation who are already entering the workforce are viewing career development and job fulfillment. The great resignation, which is a term coined by the psychologist Anthony Clods, and it refers to the tipping point of a nearly decade-long trend of employment dissatisfaction. And many employees, particularly Gen Z and Gen Y, are leaving jobs or switching careers in this ongoing economic trend. And I think that a lot of the employees who are following this trend are not actually job quitters, but rather job swappers because the mindset is also changing. And you also were describing how the mindset and your view of looking at jobs also changed quite a bit. And a decade ago, the guidance to employees, especially who are working in service jobs and customer centric organizations was things like the customer is always right and do everything that you can to make the customer happy and i think there are different schools of thought for different kinds of jobs and it's now moving towards asking for respect and inclusion even from customers whom you're interacting with probably sometimes more than your immediate supervisor or your manager or your team Different mindset shifts which are being demanded across the organization. And there is more expectation also from employers to then then meet these expectations. From your perspective, how can employers better support and meet the expectations of the new generation entering the workforce as well as the current employees who have maybe had a shift in terms of their expectations? And what do you think that employers kind of need to watch out for?
1: Yes, reflecting on my personal experiences and from speaking to some people around me, I think the pandemic has introduced this element of randomness to our lives that drastically changed the status quo and caused people to realize that there are better ways of living and doing things. And this combined with that favorable job market has created this desire for change and the great resignation that you mentioned earlier. So I think employers have to make sure that they're not taking their employees for granted because they need to think about things like salary, matching the cost of living, about work-life balance, about providing interesting work, and providing that culture and community for their people. It's a multifaceted issue now where it's a lot more complex than just swapping time for salary. It's about how do we create the sense of meaning and value and community and respect within the workplace. There's a good shift I think the pandemic has caused in terms of thinking about what's a better way of work and how can we change the status quo?
0: Lots of deep insights there, Lily. And I'm really, really happy that in this episode, we covered quite a lot of perspective and exchanges on some of these topics and trends which are going on. And this is the reality, right? This is what we are living in, working in. Not everything is crystal clear. We're all part of the process, shaping it together and also learning from each other. You're at the closing of the episode and I always ask the podcast guests to share what is their favorite piece of technology or digital tool which they really like to use. And I was wondering if you could share, is there a favorite digital application for you?
1: So because I'm a a very big reader, I'm going to plug my electronic reader Device. Uh-huh. There are many on the market. I won't name the brand that I have, but it's so easy to borrow books from the library for free and have access to them from the comfort of my own home. And I can read so many books on the go all at once. So that's what I will plug. And if listeners want to follow my reading list or maybe my book reviews, I will share my Goodreads account with Adia and you can see what I'm reading currently.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners would be interested in that. So I'm going to be putting it in the show notes of the episode. Thanks a lot, Lily, for joining us on the show. Is there a message or a thought that you want to kind of leave for the listeners who maybe are looking to take a career break or change jobs or can just resonate with some of the thoughts which you shared with us today?
1: Maybe I'll leave with this one learning that I had in the last little while. What I found was that some choices in my life are quite obvious. So if I'm fortunate enough to feel a strong passion or pull towards something somewhere or someone, I think it's absolutely fair that we need to go and pursue that. And if you don't pursue that, I find that that's where a lot of regret comes from personally. But a lot of the times, there is no very clear right or wrong choices, especially in terms of thinking about my career. There's a lot of good options out there. And for a while, I was very fixated on trying to make the best choice. And I was almost paralyzed by uncertainty of how do I decide? How do I think about what's next? I want the absolute best outcome possible. But... Ultimately, what I realized that it's about being kind to myself, recognizing and accepting that we can only make the best choice at the time based on available information and knowledge that we have. And what we can do afterwards is take the opportunity to learn from the experience, to improve ourselves so we can make better choices in the future. And then we just got to move on and make the best of that experience.
0: Yeah, and I think that's some really good advice. Thanks a lot again, Lily, for sharing your story with us. It was really great having you on the show today. And I have really enjoyed the conversation. And I hope that I will also get to see you soon in person again.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having
0: me. So that is it for today's episode of the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast. Join us again next time as we further explore in what ways digitalization and diversity impact each other. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review. Please subscribe to the channel on Instagram or LinkedIn at the.dd.podcast. Till next time.